Hello there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Blank. Super excited that you're here because on this show, we talk about financial freedom with real estate, and I got a good one for you today because our guest is Raj Jha. He started by saving money, investing in the stock market. He was following this, what's called the FIRE method, financial independence from retire early, and it's really predicated on saving as much as possible and then stashing that into the stock market. He did that for a number of years, five years actually until he discovered real estate. And like so many different people, it starts with small or single family houses. And he was following the, the Burr method, you know, the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat method until he discovered that, of course, it's too long to scale. And he got into multifamily now is syndicating. You know, it's a seven, eight year journey. And we try to accelerate that. In fact, when we talk about all the things that he did, what can you do to accelerate that? So he's just really excited about discovering multifamily syndications. And he's on his way to doing very large deals right now. But you may be listening to this and going, my gosh, I'm thinking the same thing. And what the thing I love about that is a lot of people can wrap their hands around the stock market and investing in stuff. That's kind of their comfort zone. And he took one step further and got into small real estate. And that's a scary step for a lot of people. And he talks about a lot of the challenges and mindset uh, with each step. And I think you'll recognize maybe yourself in this, and hopefully it too, it will it will you know encourage you to take that step. And as he talks, it become bolder. So let's get right in the show here with Raja. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Raj, welcome to the show today. I am excited to be here. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm so excited that you're excited. Now, what's interesting to me is that you are financially free today, and you have an interesting journey that I wanted to pack. Now, it does involve real estate, which is cool. Otherwise, maybe you shouldn't be on the show. But there, it does involve some real estate, but it didn't start that way. How did your journey uh, to financial freedom start? Oh, wow. <clears throat> well, I think I'm going to go back about seven years, and uh, I was just coming uh, reading different blogs and articles and I stumbled upon uh, the financial independence retired early or FIRE movement while I was eating my lunch, sitting in my desk at my office. And since then, I started uh, you know, saving a substantial amount of my income, investing in safe, uh, low-cost, diversified mutual funds. And the idea is to keep doing it every month, regardless of the status of the market, how the stock markets are doing every month, month after month, until the principal and the interest and the growth combined, that is the passive income from the Wall Street investments, grow to be bigger than your living expenses or lifestyle expenses. But five years into it, I came across real estate, and that was my black swan moment. That changed everything. Well, before you get into that, because I don't want to go right into real estate, well, I do, but but I don't want to go right into real estate. I wanted this to explore this fire thing. So it sounds like the principle of fire is save as much as you can. Can you just go a little bit into detail into what it you know what it teaches? What it, what is what is the principle behind it? How what is the methodology used? Depending upon who you ask, everybody's fire definition and experience is different. You would hear people talk about saving substantial amounts of income, sometimes as high as 70%, seven zero. I couldn't do that, but 
I I did uh, more than I used to, and I'm more than my peers. But if you know you could get 35, 40, 50, whatever, the more you save, the faster you would arrive at that financial nirvana moment. In fact, your savings rate is more important, a bigger critical component than the returns that you get. Got it. So it's it's a basically an accelerated savings program. Now, where, where do you where do you live, Raj? I live in Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, how yeah. how were you able? I mean, I don't know what the average savings rate is by Americans, but I remember somewhere like abysmally low, like five percent or four percent or whatever. Now, Negative why? <laughs> how were you able? to save that much money? Were you saving that money that much naturally before you started? Did you change your lifestyle or how did you, uh, how did you do that? Did you get a second job? How'd you do it? That's an interesting question. Well, we lived a reasonably smart lifestyle to begin with. My wife works and I work and uh, we did not live lavish. We had a financial cushion in our plans and budget to begin with and we were saving. But we didn't make any drastic changes to our lifestyle. I would say that just we were just more conscious and intentional with how we were spending our money. I remember one day on Black Friday when everybody was running around looking for deals on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I was I was just sitting somewhere and uh, I was swiping on my screen buying $50,000 worth of bonds. And I just remember that moment because I, it just stayed with me. I would say just be conscious, intentional, have a plan, have a vision. And if you know what to do with your money, if you save it, then you're more likely to live smart. I didn't make any drastic changes. It helped that we, were, uh, we had two white-collar incomes in the family. But don't let that stop you. Even if you don't have two solid incomes coming into your household, you could still accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you, why were you even looking for something like FIRE? What were you trying to do? Did you have a plan or a strategy of some sort? You know, Why did you even glom on to this, uh, this, this FIRE thing in the first place? That's an excellent question, Mike. I, you know, just like everybody else, I used to work in, you know, corporate America, Fortune 500 companies, and, you know, it has ups and downs. You have great days and you have not so great days. And then you hear all these articles in the news media that, you know, you know, it's not the same anymore. Like in 1970s, you could go to GM or Chrysler on a high school education, work there 30 years and retired with a golden watch, safe, secure, solid job. The, the life, the world, the economy, the markets that we are living in is constantly changing. And I just started thinking about, hmm, what can I do to build a financial wall around my family so that nothing gets through? These are not my words. These are the words from Jim Rohn. So I just wanted to think about there may be a better way to live a good life and yet be somewhat insulated from the vagaries of a corporate life. And that's when I started looking for a way, and that's when I came across this movement. Gotcha. So when you when you discovered this, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a roadmap on the way out from the from the corporate world, possibly. Yeah. But but at a minimum, it's a, fi- a, a, a financial security for the for the family and potentially a way out. And what was your game plan? Like, how many years did you envision this to to go on? And what was your desired outcome at the end of that plan back when you started this seven years ago? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. My plan was to see if I can, you know, save more than we were saving at that point. So hit 30%, 40%, whatever I could and bank the bonus payments that you get at the end of the year, myself, my wives, and see what number I could hit. And the end goal, the vision was that work becomes optional. You could still continue to work because it gives you meaning, it gives you a purpose, it gives you something to do, you're contributing to the society, but I want to be able to get to a place where I work because I want to, not because I have to. So that was the goal. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And how how long, what was the plan? How long oh, did you give yourself to, to, to yeah. achieve that goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am looking at a table here. It goes like this. I don't know if you, if you can see this in this. It's a, it's a, it looks like a spreadsheet, which of course everybody knows I love. And it looks like there's many <laughs> rows, many rows in there. Is that the number of years or what is that? You're correct. So if you could see that on one column, you have the savings rate. So if you save 5% of your take-home income, it'll take you 66 years All to right. fire, meaning posthumously, never. Uh, <laughs> but as you come down the column uh, and you save more and more, you could retire sooner and sooner. Not retire, fire sooner and sooner. So my goal was to get there in about 10 years. Um and along the way, if I had stuck to my plan, meaning low-cost, diversified index funds, Wall Street investments, I would have gotten there around the same time. And I can talk about that later uh, in the show. But when I came across real estate, it turbocharged my journey. So Absolutely. And the five yeah. years on like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and then just another two years in multifamily real estate. So how does your how does stock market treat you? And you have some perspective now on various different asset classes you invest in, including real estate. Uh, but how did the stock market treat you? And what do you think of the stock market as an investment class? Okay, so stock market could treat you really poorly if you don't know what you're doing. If you go after the latest craze, like oh my god, I now need Bitcoin. I have nothing against Bitcoin. I'm just giving that as an example. I need Bitcoin, or I need Alibaba, or I need that XYZ stock that my friend talked to me about last night at a cocktail party, you're going to get burnt, more likely than not. But if you have a disciplined, focused, consistent strategy to the point that it's boring, you could prosper. So I read a lot of books, and I settle on the following. If the market goes up, don't try to go in. If the market goes down, don't try to run away. Don't chase sexy stuff. So low-cost index funds outside of my 401k vehicle. That's very important. Within the 401k vehicle, it's your money. It's You're growing it, but it's your old man money. Nothing wrong with that. But if you want to become free sooner, you want to be able to do something outside of that. It treated me well, uh, Mike. I would say that if I look at all the returns, and I'm sure some people have done better than me, some people have done worse than me, but I'm happy to share. I am approaching about 10% Vanguard funds all time. But as you know, more than anybody else in comparison to the returns on real estate. Let's talk about uh, that because why did you discover, why and how did you discover real estate? How did it come up and how did it pique your interest? So I came across a blogger, her name is Paula Pent. And uh, she has a very, very simple strategy. In our world, we talk about Burr, 
So she used to buy old apartments in Atlanta and she would put in some money and then she would rent it and then she would just hold it forever. And she didn't do very, very many things. She just did five multifamily properties in Atlanta and I think she retired in Las Vegas. Paula, if you're hearing this, huge fan. Thank you for uh, setting me on course. And then that's how I started. And then I uh, ran into some of the other uh, real estate blogs. Matt Faircloth, uh, you know him. Um, he taught me, Raj, scale. Scale, scale, scale. So if you have a three-unit property in the beginning, your next should be six. The one after that should be 12, 24. So you know what you're doing. You're head, but you're quickly compounding, quickly scaling. And I'm following that uh, to a T. So thank you, Matt. And I did very simple. I didn't even do rehab and refinance. I just bought and hold, held and bought and held and bought and held. I don't have a big portfolio. I am a landlord. I have four properties, two different states, but cash and cash returns and the principal pay down included, I'm approaching 30%. Hmm. And uh, I don't think it's rocket science. I think if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's just uh, it's just different. Now, my sense is you really, I don't know if you're the average investor, not the average stock market investor, because you appear to spend a lot of time researching and trends and things of that nature. Would you agree with that? I mean, describe the average stock investor uh, and, and are you an average investor? Or are you more a little bit more involved than the average investor? Uh, I'd like to think that I'm not average investor. Personal finance is a passion. I enjoy numbers. I enjoy the touch, feel, and look of money. I'm a capitalist. <laughs> I would say that I have read a lot of books. I have trained myself. I have educated. So once I have done all of that, after that, my investments in the stock market have been really passive. I have put the money in there and I have forgotten about it. They just compound. But before that, I was very active in terms of education and talking and learning and tinkering and making mistakes. But I have a feeling that average investor chases trends. They try to go in when the market is hot. They try to run away when the market is cold, uh, just like any other asset class. Uh, same thing in real estate as well. So you got into real estate, and, and sometimes it can be kind of a, a scary thing to get into real estate. So you bought a rental, right? Yeah. So let's talk, yeah. talk about that, that first step into, you know, online on the computer, buying, selling stuff, yeah. you know, to actually buying a house. Right? Was it how, was it, what was that? Talk about that first piece of real estate you bought. Yeah. So the first piece of real estate that I bought was in the summer of 2017. Uh, that was meaning like four or five months into my real estate education. It was a triplex about a couple of hours from where I live. And I saw a lot of real estate properties. Robert Kiyosaki says that you should not buy the first property that you see. That is silly. You should see 100 and then buy one. And I think that's what I did. I saw a lot of them online and then I pounded the pavement and I saw a lot of questionable properties, questionable neighborhoods. And then I finally settled in on a property. It's a triplex. And I got to tell you, I don't know if it's a common feeling, but on the day of closing, when I was sitting on the closing table, I was like, Raj, what are you doing? What are you getting into? Are you sure about this? Termites, tenants, and toilets, can you handle this? But I'm so glad that I did it. So you got into essentially the landlording business, right? And so you got into this triplex. How did it go? I mean, talk to us about that, those early experiences. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there have been a couple of surprises along the way, I'd be honest. But uh, other than that, it's it's been rock solid. In the past three years, I've been sued twice, but it's small amounts. It was $700 once and $800 the other time due to the same individual, mind you. But anywho, and there have been repairs. There have been places where I over-invested the money in terms of I, you know, I over-repaired things and um, I hired wrong people. I hired fast, fired slow. You should do the other way around. Uh, I've made my fair share of mistakes, but didn't make any money the first year. But all said and done, other than that, my journey has been, I would say I've been really fortunate, smooth. Well, it's okay. So you didn't make good. money in the first year. Were you like uh, starting to doubt your your strategy to get into real estate? I mean, it sounds like you're like, you know, that's not a good first year. I would say no. I had a really clear plan in my head and vision and I could see it. And part of the strength, part of the flaw, Mike, is that I'm an eternal optimist. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it helps. But I knew that the past six months have not been kind to me, but I could see the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, it turned around. It turned around. When you started with real estate, what you, you, it sounds like there was some kind of uh, revised plan starting to take shape in your head. When yeah. you started looking into real estate, you're like, hmm, buy and hold real estate. What happened to your financial plan at that point? You had a 10-year, you know, basically savings plan. And when you started getting into real estate, what happened to your plan when you started? Because it shifted again, you know, somewhat recently perhaps. But what was your revised plan when you started learning about looking into real estate? Yeah. The gentleman who talks about the Burr strategy on bigger pockets. What's his Brandon name? Brandon Turner. Brandon Turner. Thank you. So I researched a lot of articles uh, written by Brandon, and I saw a lot of uh, YouTube videos that he posted. And he talked about, he made things so simple for me. Like he says, like $100 to $200 a door a month. Possible, doable. So if you want to make $10,000 a month after clearing everything, all you need is between 50 to 100 doors. And it in the beginning, it looks like, oh my God, 50 to 100 doors. Like when you're starting out, it looks like a big deal. It's like, it's never going to happen. It's like, what am I, Donald Trump? But as you start and as you talk to people and as you plan ahead, you can get there. So the simplicity of that and compared to the Wall Street uh, returns, the solid returns, and I'm not saying Wall Street is not a good investment. I'm not saying that at all. And Real estate is not for everyone, but the returns are higher. The tax advantages are immense. You can claim depreciation. You can go to your asset and you can touch, smell, and fondle it. And there is this thing, and I don't want to go into too much detail into it, but you can truly make money, like make, make, underline make, because if you are able to go in and raise the rents and lower the expenses, and increase the net income. And because of the cap rates and net income increase equation, you can buy yourself very legitimately raise the value of a property. So you are really making money. It's none, none of this is new to you, Mike. But at that time, I was like, oh my God, there are so many distinct advantages compared to Wall Street. That became a no-brainer to me. 
And this is a good point. And we call it forced appreciation, but you really have, you control the value of an asset where you buy a stock, you don't control anything. Uh, and to some degree, when you buy a single family house, you don't really control the value of that either. Really, the market is determined if it goes up or goes down. And and that, and that that was very powerful, that the idea that you could literally go in, increase income somehow, and then magically the value goes up. Like that was staggering to me. And also, you know, marginally increasing the income by $25, $50 a month times 10 units, 15 units is just, it's I'm staggering what it does. The math is so highly leveraged. You're like, how can this, how can this be? Is it, how is this, can this possibly be, be legal? And then you have the tax benefits on, on top of that. So what did real estate do to your financial plan? Like what happened to that 10-year plan? Yeah. So there is a concept of safe withdrawal rate. Um, and what that tells you is that if you have a million dollars in your assets, you could safely withdraw 4% year after year forever, inflation adjusted, and not run the risk of running out of your money. There are a lot of asterisks here, but I truly believe in it. So million dollars, 4% is $40,000. So if you have a plan and you want to get to X income for yourself, you could say, okay, that's 4% rule. In real estate, and and again, I'm oversimplifying this, 12% cash on cash is easy, easy. And I'm not even counting the principal pay down. I'm not even counting the tax advantages, leverage, et cetera. No, uh, cash on cash is post leverage. So right here, 4%, 12%. So your journey is 3x triple right there. And when you start, you're at 12%. It's easy to raise the net income. It's not rocket science. Every joke can do it. I did it. So even though my underwriting, personal underwriting started at 12% criteria, I ended up with far more. So I short-circuited my road to financial independence. Thank you to real estate. Thank you. That's awesome. So it, it it shortened that time frame. Now you bought a few other properties. Talk about the other properties you bought since buying that uh, that three unit. Yeah. So the first property was a triplex, May of 2017. Then uh, my second purchase were like a duplex and a quad at the same time, same day closing. And uh, so we went from three to six, three plus six, nine. And then the next one was a 20 unit that I bought in the state of Ohio. So that was a leap of faith because it was not right under my nose. It's uh, about five hours of drive for me, but I'm not looking for properties so that they're under my nose. I'm looking for properties so that they can cash flow. And if you have system and if you're property managers, and that's been my journey, I've been looking to invest this year as well. I'm just looking for the right opportunity. And I am underwriting for my personal acquisitions as a landlord. And I also have two partners in crime in my syndication group. And the three of us are constantly underwriting to purchase much larger properties under our syndication efforts at the same time. That is fantastic. So you're getting into syndication, which is fantastic. Now, when did you, did you quit your job at one point? Yes, yes. So it's uh, earlier this year, I quit my job. Yeah. Well, well, talk about your, your last day. What was that like? Well, last day was uh, like a very anticlimactic because it's COVID days. We are at home anyway. So it was not like I, you know, I had a, you know, a resignation letter and I went to my boss and like, hey, and it was nothing like that. It was uh, still, you know, even if you have um, checked all the boxes and planned for it years in advance, and even if you have made all the money that you needed to feel secure, you still feel a little nervous. Like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? You have, 
invested so much time in education and internship and your first job and the second job and promotions. Are you sure? But then I, you know, just like uh, many big decisions in my life, I grit my teeth, took a huge... Uh, Maybe talk to your wife a little bit too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Did that. I was, uh, she knew, she knew it was coming. Uh, but I did it and I'm glad I did. Well, well how's your, how's your life different now than, than before? I thought that I would be sitting on a beach, sipping my ties all day. Uh, that did not happen. <laughs> not because I'm forced to do something else. It's just because I choose to. So I relaxed for some time and I planned the next chapter of my life. And uh, I thought that maybe I could sit on my couch and stream Netflix all day long. It becomes boring pretty soon. Everybody is has a different personality. So if you want to just relax and volunteer and and you know spend time with your family and friends and whatever, it's you are free to do whatever you want. I for me, I choose to come up with a couple of things that I'm working on and dig deep. And I have never worked harder. So when you are in your day, you know, corporate life, you are in meetings, constant meetings. And sometimes you have just two minutes of relevant time in that meeting. And for 58 minutes, you could check out. When I work these days, it's all my agenda, my schedule. So I am like 110% plugged in. So by the end of the day, I'm drained, but I'm happy. My life has not changed so much from that sense, but it has changed uh, in the sense that um, I'm working on the things that matter to me that I'm passionate about. I work with people that I like and respect. I have a plan and uh, I have a goal of donating a uh, very ambitious amount of money to my charities of choice at some point in future. So I'm, I'm working towards that. It's been great. It, great. In short, it's been great. It gives you options. And this is, this is what I find interestingly is that almost no one I know uh, when they become financially independent, sits on the beach. They they may for uh, some time, yeah. but like you, they get bored and kind of go, oh my gosh, I need something something to do. Yeah, and it's exactly right. So you're basically built. You're you're working, you're working on your own terms. See, because we always have to work, right? At one point, we get we got to work. We got to work on our own terms, and that that really changes things quite a bit. So what's a uh, now? You said you're getting into syndication. What's next for you over the next year, year or even you know longer? Yeah, uh, fantastic. Very excited about syndication. My partners and I have gotten together and we have different strengths, different backgrounds, and we are looking to acquire 60 to 100, 120 uh, units in a growth market where we can take over the property, do some forced appreciation, value adds, increase net income, and we are also, this, this would be our first real syndication, raising money from the investors from that standpoint. We all have solid real estate backgrounds, but we are looking to do that. So I'm doing it with my own friends and family and my two partners are doing uh, from their own standpoints. We, will, we, are, we are networking with very solid brokers. We have honed in on the markets that we are gonna invest in. And uh, we have virtual assistants who are doing a lot of grunt work for us so that uh, it frees up time for us to do real value add, talking to investors, educating them. And uh, since this is our first one, uh, we really want to do it in a way that, you know, my and our investors are truly happy and delighted and they keep coming back for more. So uh, COVID has uh, made things interesting. 
on one hand, the buyers are looking for deals because people are saying like, hey, it's COVID and the rents will go down. And uh, on the other hand, sellers are like, but we are not facing any problems. We are not feeling any pain. So there's no discounts. So I am experiencing that dichotomy, that dynamic. But I think my crystal ball, (laughs) ever accurate crystal ball, no kidding. Three to four months, I'm thinking, uh, and my buddies are also thinking things might shake out and we'll have a clearer picture. But we are constantly evaluating deals, constantly talking to investors really, really psyched to take our game from just being landlords to helping our buddies, our friends, family as syndicators. Yeah, love that. So you've done a lot of things over the last seven, eight years, you know, experiment here, bit of that. And, uh, you know, if you could have a conversation with yourself a few years ago, what, what, would you, what would you have done differently? I would have started sooner and I would have been bolder And I would have read the Robert Kiyosaki book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, sooner. Uh, Think and grow rich sooner and put that into practice sooner. Maybe focused on my health. I know it's a financial podcast, but I think if you're feeling good, solid, happy, it just reflects in everything else that you do sooner too. I think I've been incredibly fortunate. I don't have any regrets. I wouldn't do things any differently, but I'll do things sooner. There are a couple of mistakes that I did. I think they are a rite of passage. I don't regret them because that's how you learn. Yeah, yeah. Do it sooner, bolder. Yeah, sooner, sooner, bolder. What do you mean by bolder? What would you have done a little bolder? Well, so the reason I bought a triplex is not because I was limited by my down payment size. I did that because I wanted to dip my toes in the water and see if this thing is legit. Can this really work? Knowing what I know now, I know it works. So I might have bought a 20 plex, uh, you know, as my first property and so on and so forth. I have a buddy and he and I talk, I talk real estate. And even though I was going three, six and 12, that plan, that buddy of mine bought a 70 plex first deal. Nice. And, uh, I'm sure he made a couple of, he, I know he made a couple of mistakes, but he learned from it. Now he's happy. Now he's cash flowing um, very solidly. So that's what I meant by Boulder. All right. So there's a lot of people watching, listening to this. They're like, this is, this is great, Raj. And they're sitting here going, you know, I, I, can't, I can't envision myself doing this for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And they want to do what you have done. Now, so what is your, how would you advise uh, that they go about it? Should you advise them to go the fire out for five years and get started with real, small real estate? Or what would you advise someone that they that they should do next? I would say that the first thing that, and, and it's such a cliche, and it's cliche because it's true. The first thing that they need to do is really sit down and think about what they want. And what do they want from their life? What do they want to do with themselves, for their family, for their community, for their friends? And once you have that clarity and vision, it flows from there. So for me, I came to United States in the year 2001 seeking freedom, the freest place in the world. Financial freedom was a logical extension of that freedom. And I would say that if I have to advise somebody, I would tell them to skip the Wall Street phase of my life. Why do that when you could go straight right into real estate? Number two, I would say, and I was lucky I didn't do it, but many people start with single family. 
nothing wrong with single family if you are banking on appreciation and if you want to work a long time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you want quick results and scale, multifamily is here and single family is here. And I would say, go do multifamily. I would also say that mindset is very, very important. So have some faith in universe or God or whatever you believe in. Have some faith in yourself. Take some prudent risks. Don't play safe. If you play safe forever, you will put all of your money in a checking account or under a mattress, and it's not a good way to live. Take some prudent risks. The rewards are for prudent risk takers. And then I would say that don't let, and you hear it from a lot of real estate practitioners, don't let lack of funds, lack of experience, lack of capital hold you back. If you have made up your mind that you want to accomplish X, Y, and Z, and if you are really, really sure and clear that you want to do it, you will find a way around your obstacles. I am promising you that you will find a way around it. But if you think that something is not even possible, you'll find excuses of why you don't want to do it and continue living the same life. Nothing wrong with living the same life, but if you want a different life and if you want a different result, you will find a way. You will definitely find a way. And and I think I agree. Uh, Clarity, everything stems from clarity. I think uh, people who are clear what they want and what they don't want they are compelled to move forward and continue moving forward because they have that clarity. And, a lot, and I've just found a lot of people who don't move forward are muddled. They're not clear on what they want mm-hmm. and therefore they're sending out mixed signals to the, into, the, into the universe. And I think with clarity comes a lot of just getting stuff done, lack of capital, overcoming. Uh, so I think lack of clarity is absolutely uh, super important. Do you want to add anything to that? And I would also say that uh, spend time in education. So if you know what you want, and if you have decided that your obstacles are not going to stop you, uh, you'll find a way around them. And then go find specific content. We live in the world of Google. Knowledge is not a problem. It is not a problem. Go uh, educate yourself. It's going to take less time than you think and then execute, execute, execute. I always tell my people, my friends, that a blunt pencil is bigger than a sharp mind, meaning execution, even imperfect uh, execution is more powerful than great ideas and in, in, you know, thoughts and uh, uh, so execute. And I would also say, I, I was just going to show people to read your book, but it's in, it's, I, I just packed it for my Labor Day vacation. Um, sorry, but uh, read Michael Blank's book. I'm, I'm going through this and I just started reading. I'm on chapter three and he is specifically talking about how to work around obstacles of not having the capital or experience and still continue with the journey. Appreciate the live uh, book review there, uh, Raj. Raj, how can people connect with you? Yes, of course. So I am available on bigleaguecapital.com. So you can reach me at Raj, R-A-J, at bigleague-capital.com. Or you can also contact me on my phone number, 267-551-0529. 
Great. Now get ready to hire a VA because your phone's going to ring <laughs> off the hook. And uh, also you have a great podcast called Big League Capital Podcast that uh, you interviewed me on very uh, recently ago. So you guys check that out as well. Raj, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for coming here, sharing your, your experiences and your journey to financial freedom. So thanks for being on the show today. Michael, it was a pleasure and I'm so psyched to be on your show and I have learned so many things from you in a relatively short time. So appreciate it and God bless. You know, I think it's interesting that Raj ended his interview with a call to action to get education. And this is really key because a lot of times you can't see yourself doing a particular activity because you don't know what it is. I, I, I often speak to a lot of new mentoring students and their biggest hangup is raising capital. And what I tell them is, that's interesting you say that, but actually that's probably the easiest part of the business is raising capital. Why do they say that? They say that because they don't know how to raise money. They've never done it before. And therefore, it seems this, this mysterious thing that they can't do. And a lot of people are hung up with the fact that they can't see themselves doing a particular activity because they haven't educated themselves. People that go through our course, The Ultimate Guide to Buying Apartment Buildings, you know, they go through with a set of questions. They go through this course and they, it answers literally every single one of their questions. And now they have a whole new set of questions. And it's a sign of them learning and moving forward. But one of the biggest things it does is allows you to visualize the process. You may not understand the whole thing and you may require more details, but now you see the process. Even if you read my book, Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing, you read that book and it visualizes the whole process. And a lot of times that is the missing, the missing key, the missing element in where you are right now and taking the next logical step because that gap is too big. It's like it's too dark or it's obscured by fog. You can't really see. You can't see there's a plank underneath because it's being covered. You don't see the way there and therefore you never take action. It makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. So uh, really focus on education and, and we here at, uh, at the company, we, we try to provide something for everyone. We have this podcast and hopefully that will expose you to people's stories and their successes and their challenges. But we also have the book Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. Check that out on Amazon. And uh, that is a great, uh, great step. And if you're ready to invest in yourself, uh, then take a look at some of our, our online products and courses, The Ultimate Guide being one of them. If you value mentorship, if that is something that you value and you want to fast track your success and want to work with a full-time syndicator, then check out our mentoring program at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. We actually guarantee that you'll do your first deal in, your, in the first year. The only program on the planet that does that because we've done it so many times and we're really confident about our process. So if that's right for you, check that out as well. Like I said, something for everyone. I want to make sure that you have what you need right now to take the next step forward and hopefully you'll do that. Thanks for joining me here on the show. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.